Yo, welcome back to the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast. If you would subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review and share this with someone you think it might be an encouragement to. I am pumped today for the third try to have Danny Lear. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Ben? Dude, thank you for being gracious and your patience with my technical difficulties today. Ah, uh, dude, it's all good, man. This is a fitness industry. No one knows what the hell they're doing. Bro, I also feel like as an entrepreneur, you probably get the ups and downs and technical difficulties and things of that nature. Uh, dude, all the time. Things happen, right? It's There's always something. Nothing. Anytime you're, uh, you expect something to go smooth, just kind of know that it may not. And that's all right. Oh my gosh. Dude, we, we were laughing uh, several times having this conversation about me showing up with a shirt on and you having your shirt off a bit of a role reversal and yeah. you know, you're driving around with the light hitting your traps just perfectly as you're going through the coffee drive through. Yeah, dude, I, I don't really like driving with a shirt on or the windows up. You know, I'm kind of uh, with that John North lifestyle. You got to go uh, windows down, AC up, right? And uh, oh, definitely. tarps off, windows down, just let them know. Because here's the thing, Ben, if you're not letting them know, who's going to? That Bro, that's right. Honest <laughs> question. So I'd love a little backstory on caffeine and kilos. Do you have an issue buying coffee out that is not your coffee? Nah, so here's the deal, man, is, uh, you know, especially like in the town I live in, there's like three small town, 15,000 people. There's three locally owned coffee shops. And so and one's right by my house, got a little drive through and everything, but it's nice locally owned craft coffee. So yeah, I'll swing, swing through there, uh, grab a coffee on the way up. I will say at home when we're making coffee. It's always our coffee. It's just so good, you know, but also I've got some friends who have some coffee companies like, uh, good friend of mine. His name's Nick Visconti. He's got a super cool story. He was actually a professional snowboarder. And then as his snowboarding career is kind of wrapping up, he uh, realized he was going to need something else to do because you kind of stop that career when you're like 32. And so uh, anyway, learned all about coffee and then moved to Tahoe and opened up a, a coffee company there. Starts roasting coffee, has like three coffee shops now, and they're all through grocery stores. And uh, anyway, his coffee is great. So I'm not afraid to drink uh drink some of his also. That's awesome, man. And I think something, you know, every, I feel like everybody knows, maybe you may not be a Gary V fan, but I think something that Gary V has, has taught us is that, man, there, there's enough to kind of go around. Like another coffee company being successful, like isn't going to hurt you. And there's nothing wrong with like supporting others. I and mean, we've done collaborations, right? So Black Rifle Coffee is, I mean, quite a bit bigger than us. And we've done, uh, we've done some collaboration with them. We did a collaborative blend. Uh, it was called Fire Breather Blend, and it was uh, it was great. And so we we've been in that. We're actually working right now with Nick, and his his company's called Drink Coffee Do Stuff, which is funny, which is great. And uh, anyway, we're working on a collaboration with him as well. So he'll probably actually do the coffee blend. We'll do the apparel side of things and kind of launch that together as a bundle. Um, yeah, man, business is just way more fun when you do it with other people. And so we like to we like to share with other companies, do different things, do collaboration projects. It's a lot of fun. And bro, and that's so cool too. Cause, and, I, and I've learned just even on the social media side, like it's like you hit a point where you kind of start peaking growth wise. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the easiest ways to catapult yourself, yourself is when you start collaborating with others. Yeah. So, I mean, I had this business coach for a while and his kind of, he talked about this a lot, right? Like uh, marketing 101 or like, or like leads 101. It's okay. Like who has my customers and then how do I get in front of them? Right. So it's like, OK, what other and that's not saying steal them from them, but that's yeah. saying, you know, if there's another company that 
Um, so for example, we have a, a large part of our customer base is in, you know, Olympic style weightlifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, right? Like people that use a barbell. And so it's like, all right, what other companies is are in that space? It's like, oh, there's two pood. They make these great weightlifting belts. And so we should do some stuff with them, right? Let's talk to them. And then also, you know, we've been in business since 2013, 10 years. And at this point, kind of everyone in that CrossFit weightlifting space, we know the other companies kind of know the owners of the other companies. And so it's, you know, it's pretty easy, right? Just shoot off text. Hey, we should do something together. And then you kind of make it happen. So that's uh, it's great. It's just a great way to, to, you know, share the, share the loves. I love that dude. So as we, before we dive more into coffee and fatherhood and fitness and all of that, you know, everybody knows Peter Parker got bit by the spider. That's how he became Spider-Man. Like how did Danny Lear become, are you, what technically is your title? Owner, operator, CEO? Yeah, sure. That works. And so, yeah. So I founded Caffeine Kilos with a couple friends of mine back in 2013. So you can say founder if you want, you can say CEO. Um, I actually, it's funny talking about that. When I talk about other like employees here, I would say people to work with me, not for me. Right. Cause well, we're all just working together here. Uh, yep. So uh, I was a PE teacher, so I, I taught PE for eight years, coached high school wrestling for 10 years. Um, through that, I, when I was going to school, kind of found CrossFit, if you want to say it that way, and then uh, met up the guy who had just started an affiliate. He needed a lot of help. He was doing it all by himself. So we ended up um, partnering, and he had a partner that wasn't really involved, and so I just kind of took over that with him. Um, and then that was in 2008. So we're kind of running the gym and I was teaching PE and then I started competing in Olympic weightlifting um, and California strength, Cal strength, great team. It's about pretty close to me here, about an hour away. And so I would, I started lifting and, um, and actually went out there for like a Penlay weightlifting seminar. And then some of the guys thought I had a lot of potential and kind of started giving me a little more attention, having me come out there to train with the team a little bit. And kind of by the middle of 2010, I was just on the Cal strength weightlifting team. So I was going out there every Friday for max out Friday and then traveling around the country with Cal strength, lifting at national championships, American open and that type of stuff. And then through that, a friend of mine, uh, or acquaintance really didn't really know each other that well. He just called me out of the blue. I think he had to call someone else to get my number. <laughs> and he said, Hey man, uh, I want to host this weightlifting meet, get the best lifters in the country out. Um, and I just thought you'd be the person to call. I don't know why I just had this feeling. I thought, all right. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. So let's do it. And so we start talking about how we're going to make it happen and, and this type of thing. And so we decided we're going to have this big weightlifting meet and we'll, we'll give a cash prize and we'll have a, an audience forum. So we'll have an audience forum. We'll do a CrossFit style competition during the day and then an invite only weightlifting session afterwards. We'll get a sponsor for the cash prize, the entry fees uh, for the, the CrossFit competition. We'll pay for the venue. And it was just this little thing we're going to do for fun. And then, um, around the same time he posted on Facebook, it's like my life. And it had a picture of a guy lifting weights and a cup of coffee. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to make this shirt. Anybody else want one? Like just on shirt press or whatever. And there's this huge response. And so he's like, Oh man, I think this resonates with people. You know, of course, caffeine is the number one tested and proven ergogenic aid. Also just coffee and fitness just kind of go hand in hand. Right. Everyone I know that lifts weights, works out, drinks coffee. Um, and so that was kind of where it all went down. So he hit up his friend Dean, who uh, was had this little streetwear brand, who's still my partner in the company today. And so then Dean made a design for the shirt, and then we realized that it was the same idea that the the weightlifting meet and CrossFit competition 
and this, you know, caffeine and kilos, that it was the same as the same thing. So we're going to call the meat, the caffeine and kilos invitational. And so then we st- we made the shirts and we said, well, let's make some caffeine too. So we started calling local roasters and looking into that. What does this look like to get a coffee blend? Just kind of learning more about that type of thing, about coffee and the whole process. A, a guy here local in Sacramento, loved the idea, all on board, fired up about it. We go out, meet with him. I have a newborn baby at this time. I have like a six-month-old baby. I'm like taking around the car seat. I'm putting her on the scale at the coffee roaster. Um, we're, we're in a meeting with a CPA. There's like, I've got the stroller. I'm, I'm pushing, you know, moving around. Um, and uh, anyway, and it, so then we start sending out the coffee and apparel to just some friends of ours. And at that time, they were, um, you know, people that were top weightlifters in the nation or CrossFitters, CrossFit Games athletes. Um, just some people we knew from being in the community for a while. And uh, it just kind of took off. People started buying the stuff online before the event even happens. We just accidentally kind of started this started this thing. And uh, and then it just, yeah, just from there. You know, people talk about like the hockey stick curve. Um, that implies there is a flat part. Uh, we kind of skipped that. It was more of like a pool stick curve. <laughs> I just kind of just started taking off. And so then... I uh, said, all right, well, this is, I was working from, you know, five in the morning until 7.30 when it's time to go to school. And then I would teach all day. And then I would, you know, after we put the kid to bed at, you know, 7.30, then I would, okay, work a little bit more from eight o'clock until 10 o'clock at night. And that's okay for a while, right? Sometimes you just got to do that and that's fine, right? I think that refusing to ever do that is uh, soft and weak and arrest people for failure, but also, uh, thinking that that's going to be a long-term plan is a recipe for failure, right? So did that for one year. After that year, um, Caffeine and Kills was promising. It was looking good, but we weren't taking like regular checks from it. So then yeah. I went to actually got a part-time teaching job. So I was just teaching part-time. So it was two days one week, three days the next. And then on the days off, I could spend more time on Caffeine and Kilos and actually on the gym as well. Uh, and then... Uh, after that, that kind of year, we kind of solidified some things, started getting some more like regular standard income uh, from everything, got everything kind of settled. And that's when I stopped teaching. So, dude, that's awesome. First of all, caffeine and kilos is a, is a genius name. It just like it just makes so much sense. It let every, lets everybody know they don't even have to really hear your mission statement. You hear caffeine and kilos and you know what it's about. Yeah, man. Drink coffee, lifting weights. What else is there? I mean, that's about two of the things I'm most passionate about. Yeah, dude. (laughs) So I had a a friend who's very successful. And then driving without a shirt on. That's the third. Got to do it. And speaking, I've got the caffeine and kilos shirt. Oh, there we go. Go ahead and lose it now. We can both get the trap shining here. Um, We're talking about burning the candle from both ends. And there's a time when you have to do that. And I'm in that phase personally right now. Right. And I'm probably pushing it with my wife on how long, much longer <laughs> I'm going to be able to do it. But I see you, dude. Um, you look like you're a great father, great husband, also a successful businessman. And you're also, I see a lot of guys who are ex- successful um, who aren't really nailing it on the fitness and the family side. When, when did you find balance and like, how have you made it work, dude? Well, fitness has always been a part of my life, right? So that was kind of a non-negotiable to a degree. Um, I, you know, like I said, I was coaching sports. I was going to college. I was a PE major in school to to teach PE. 
And what I loved about teaching PE is my goal always with these kids is that I wanted them to just know what to do, how to exercise, right? So, all right, these kids are going to go, they're either going to go off to college or get a job or whatever's going on. And they might find themselves, uh, you know, 22 years old and they're 20 pounds heavier than they were when they were senior in high school. And maybe they're not happy with that. Do they know what to do about it? Or do they feel like they're lost? And so my goal is like, hey, if I can just teach them how to work out, just do some basic stuff. So we would do the normal, you know, stuff. We would do a soccer unit and kind of learn all the different drills and skills and everything. And but twice a week we would do like really lay down fitness stuff, you know, not just like mile run or whatever, but we would do little workouts, teach them air squats, make sure they're all squatting the right way, um, you know, push their full foot and everything. Then we would, okay, and push-ups, we'd like no lollygagging, uh, no no screwing around. We're making sure our chest is touching the ground every time. We're keeping, you know, like just all these, the basic things you, like you would do with somebody if you're doing personal training with them, right? Or just like I was coaching a CrossFit class at the gym. Um, you know, you set standards and you hold people to them and you, and you demand excellence in those movements. And that's what I was doing with these kids. And they loved it. It was fine. It was great. Um, and actually now uh, I knew... I know now that I was doing a really good job. I, I, I always felt confident I was doing a good job, but like at the gym is actually the gym I own is in the town that I used to teach in. And we probably have a dozen of our members now that were students of mine, you know? And so, yeah, so it's great. Sometimes I walk in the gym looking around, I'm like, Oh, all six of these people, you know, now they're, they're 30 years old, but it's like when they're a freshman in high school, I was that guy's PE teacher. Right. That's um, awesome. And now he's here. So obviously, you know, that's, that's a good thing, right? You learn something and, when he wanted to join a gym he, or wanted to work out kind of or, or found himself in a position he wasn't happy with. He was 40 pounds heavier than he was. He joined a gym, started going, working out, doing great. Right. So, uh, so that's really cool. Um, Man, I've seen you too, uh, doing a great job. I saw you on, on a bike ride with uh, your kids the other day. And that's yeah. why I say it looks like you're nailing the fatherhood side as well. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's important too, just the, for the kids to be active and different stuff. Right. Doesn't, I don't necessarily expect them to be these, you know, kick-ass athletes. Um, I mean, that'd be fine if they like that, if they're into that, but whatever, you just keep them active, make sure they're doing stuff, make sure they're, they're moving. Right. And so, like I said, it's always kind of been a non-negotiable and there's been times though, <clears throat> where I've done less or more or different things I mentioned competing in weightlifting when I was competing in weightlifting at that time, um, we just had the one kid uh, I had the second one at some point during there but you know that at that level then that was had to be a priority in my life because I was on a team and the team was paying for my travel to go to national meets and if you place top 10 you get team points and if you don't you don't and if they're paying your travel you better be getting some team points and and I wanted to see what I could do I wanted to see how how far I could go so you know the trained five between five and nine sessions a week and did not miss Right. So that was a priority. Now things change as you go through different seasons of life and everything. Um, now on the exact flip side of that is my, uh, when my second daughter was born, there was until from basically when she was, you know, six months old until, uh, she started kindergarten. I went to the gym two to two days a week, maybe three days a week. I would stay active outside that. Yeah. But I knew for sure, okay, Mondays and Fridays, I'm going, I'm doing a class at the gym, just doing one of the, the CrossFit classes there. And then I would, you know, on the weekend, I still like doing this stuff, but on Sunday, I'll do a, you know, go on a 30 to 60 minute ruck walk with a 50 pound pack, right? Um, 
or just like those types of things kind of mix in. So I was probably realistically getting in, you know, four days a week of, of exercise, whatever. But as far as like a dedicated hour set aside to do something and, and all that, it was two, two days a week, two to three days a week. But if you keep your diet pretty clean, if you keep it together there, if you're in general, just kind of active, um, you know, you'd be surprised, man. Like you're, maybe you're not making a ton of forward progress, but maintaining, you can maintain on, on two or three days a week if you're doing the right things. And then, well, bro, I, go ahead. Yeah. So then when she started kindergarten, it was like our mornings just like blew open. It's like, Oh, you mean I only have one drop off. I take the kids at the same school in the morning, not her. And then the other one to preschool and this whole thing. And then also my, my older one, it's like, she can brush her own hair and get her clothes down out of the closet on her own. And you know, in the mornings, it's like, we only gained maybe whatever, 20 minutes in the morning, but it felt like it blew, like felt like we gained four hours, right? It's like, it's only one person job now to get the kids out of the house. So I've been going, so I can go to the the gym a few other days. I go early on those days. And, um, if not around to help out the kids, it's fine. Right. But there was a season where that wasn't, wasn't an option, you know? So you just kind of, as you go through life, different things kind of roll through and you just go with it. I had, uh, to your credit, I had Asia Barto on the show last week. Um, super cool dude. Yeah. And he was just talking about like people like overemphasize the impact that just overall lifestyle has. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are going to the gym five days a week, but they're not working out that hard or with intensity. And then every other hour of the week, they're eating crap, not sleeping. Yeah. Whereas you could work out less and eat right and have a healthier, active lifestyle because man, it, it's a lot of what we do outside of the gym that has an impact on our physique as well. Yeah, dude. I'm yeah. I mean, that's a classic thing, right? It's 24 hours in the day. Like even if you go to the gym for an hour, seven days a week, which I don't do that. Right. Like right now. I'm, and, but so, you know, there's another 23 hours. Right. And if you spend three of those hours drinking and only four of them sleeping, um, you know, you're going to you're going to find yourself in a rough spot. Yeah, dude, that's a recipe for disaster. What have you found now, Danny, like with the new schedule and stuff? Like, what is your current workout schedule looking like? And like, what have you found that works for you to stay in the type of shape that you want to be in? I really like, I really prefer to do four classes a week. If I can go and four classes at the gym a week, that's good. And I could work out on my own outside of that. Actually in my garage, I have stuff that I don't use that much, whatever. Because if I do the workout on my own, I do the workout and that's it. I don't really warm yep. up that well. I don't really do <laughs> a lot of stuff. And the thing about an hour long class is there's someone else there. They're telling me what to do. I follow directions. I look at the board. I do the warm up on the board. And even if I do the same workout, if the, the sat specific workout might be, you know, 20 minutes, pretty high intensity, but only 20 minutes. Well, if I do it at home, I'm probably, like I said, not me, even if I do like a little thrown together warm up of five or 10 minutes, like how much time of actual moving did I do? Right. Like 30 minutes tops. Yeah. That hour. I do the whole warm up with the class. I do the workout. I do the, you know, the skill specific work leading up to the workout. And, you know, really, you're kind of moving for an hour. Even if, the, you know, and so that that makes a difference, makes a big difference that extra 20 or 30 minutes of just kind of movement, getting into the, getting into the routine and stuff. Right. Um, so I did that. And then I actually have a I, did, <laughs> I didn't have a hobby for like those four or five years as well. Um, but I now I there's a climbing gym in town. And uh, so one of my my oldest daughter, she was going to the, some kids classes there. And I was like, well, instead of dropping her off, I'll just hang out and climb. And uh, and then what that turned into is really like three days a week I'm in there, uh, but pretty short. Most of the time it's I'm on my drive home and I'll just pull in, um, you know, 
20, 30 minutes, just kind of get in there, um, do a little bouldering for like 30 minutes or so. And so I do that two or three times a week as well. Bro, I feel like a lot of men are missing like the active thing to do that's also a hobby. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of magic in that. And bro, yeah. I, I, I'm a fit person. I have always like done sports at a high level. Right. I've always been very strong. And rock climbing has been incredibly humbling every <laughs> time wild. I've ever done it. There's like 12-year-old girls in there, you know, climbing oh, yeah. circles around me. Dude, it's so hard. And it's true. If you're, you know, you have, uh, if you're in shape, you got a little leg up, but also makes it a little bit harder in ways. Yeah. Um, and it, my background in wrestling and everything too, like I have pretty good proprioception, pretty good balance. Um, but you know, I can do whatever, a bunch of pull-ups and stuff. So, uh, that helps, but it also hurts because then you rely on those things. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, nah, dude, use the technique. Like it's, it'll be so much better. Instead you're in there, you're like trying too hard and you just blow out, um, you know, super quick. Until you kind of learn techniques and skills and and different ways to do things like, oh, wait, actually, if you like this doesn't have to be so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, use the te- it's like everything, right? Like use technique and then, you know, the, the, your strength uh, should be um, your strength should be a strength. It should be there when you need it or when you want to use it. It shouldn't be what you're relying on. Right. If you use body positioning and technique more then there comes a time where you might need to power through something, right? But you want to have that in reserve, not your not your go-to. And you're totally right, dude. And I think that shows too, in just about everything, when you look at like the finesse side, because like, I think there's a lot of guys who can deadlift a lot and then they go to CrossFit. So they assume they're going to be able to snatch and clean a lot. Right. And it's not true. It, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't apply. <laughs> well, you know, I'd see it too in wrestling, you know, like you get these kids and they're like super strong. And so if someone gets them on their back, first thing you do is try to like push them off. and like, they're doing a bench press. And it's like, that's the opposite, right? You're just pushing yourself into the mat. And so you got to like teach people sometimes like, yeah, you're strong and use that, but use it when it's appropriate and really focus on the techniques outside of that. And once you learn that, once you learn, you know, time digression, um, and using your strength, um, at times and using technique at times and all that. And it's like, then, then you're going to be way better off. Earlier you mentioned about like timing and burning the candle both ends. Um, something that, that really helped that, you know, I should, that I want to mention that I think it help you out. Is that a business coach for a while? Craig Ballantyne. And yeah. one thing he's really big on his book, perfect day formula. And then he wrote one perfect week formula. Um, which I like better because he mentioned me in that one. Uh, <laughs> and, and so uh, the the one of the things that he talks about that I that I really did and still do to a degree that was really helpful is uh, time blocking, but doing it ahead of time. And people do it in the wrong order. Um, they one they just go through their days and then they're late home for dinner because shit ran late and they ended up being home late, right? Um, or they go and say, okay, I need to figure out my schedule for the day. And they put in everything they're trying to do for work. And then what goes the back burner? What's the last thing they're worried about is actually getting to the gym or being home at dinner with their family. So the way to, to schedule it the right way is to flip that, right? If you want to, if like, what, are, what is important to you, right? Is, well, your, your physical health should be important to you because without that, nothing else is going to matter. And then um, also, you know, being a, being a parent, right? Your kids should be important because um, they're only going to be around for so long. Right. And so these are like your two biggest areas for regret, <laughs> like personal health and and parenting. So you want to hedge against that. So you look at your your weekly schedule 
And the first thing you do is you say, okay, where am I going to make sure I'm there for my family? And if that means we're eating dinner at 5.15 p.m. every single day, then the first thing I put in my schedule before I put anything else in there is I put home for dinner. And I put that in at 5.15 every single day. And if I have a 30-minute drive, then that means at 4.30, I'm leaving work. And that is what's happening. Bottom line, no matter what, non-negotiable, that's what's going on. Also, okay, my wife's a nurse. She works two nights a week. So what days are she working? That next morning, I'm taking the kids to school. Right. And that's I, I need to do that. And that's great. So that those days I put those in the calendar. That's what's going on. You know, then once that family times in, then you go, oh, maybe, you know, a date night would be good. Like I should like stay married. That's actually goal number one <laughs> in my life is stay married. So, OK, so that, you know, something like that goes in the, the schedule for the week. OK, so now I've got some time with my wife. I'm making sure that I'm there for the family. And then you can look at uh, self-care stuff. OK, I'm going to work out. When am I going to work out? And you put that in the schedule. So now you're looking at your week schedule and see so you have family time, spouse time, exercise, and then probably need one more little thing, one more type of fulfillment, right? If that's a hobby, you know, like I mentioned climbing, um, maybe if you like to golf, if once a week you want to go play nine holes, take two hours out of the day to do that. Maybe you go get a massage once a week, whatever you got going on, self-care stuff, you know, um, you put that in the calendar. So now you're looking at your calendar and you've got uh, what time you're waking up, what time you're going to bed. You've got family dinners. You've got the other family responsibilities. You've got exercise. And you've got self-care. Now with what's left, that's when you work. That's when you get the work done. And um, so then you make a list of everything you got to do this week. It's Sunday and I say, okay, this week, here's everything that is that I, that I want to get done. Then I take that list and you put them in priority order. Okay, what is the number one most important thing? If I don't get anything else done, I got this done. And then what's number two? And what's number three? And you make that list. Then you go straight off that list. All right, number one. This is the most important thing. If I get nothing else done this week, this is going to be the thing that needs to happen. And I schedule that on Monday in the first open time slot that's there. And you block off how long things going to take, you put it in there. And then you number two, and you just go along the list like that. And then however far you get down the list, you either one, you get everything in the schedule or you run out of room. And if you run out of room, those things that are down on there, they're on the bottom of the list anyway. They're the least important stuff to do that week. They, they're they just fill-ins. If you get time, you get to them. If you don't, you don't. And then if you found that three weeks in a row, there's things that are still on the bottom of that list you haven't got to, you probably just scratch them off the list. Probably don't really need to do them, right? Um, so... I mean, if you just that little system, it kind of sounds sometimes some people freak out like it sounds almost too controlling or like there's too much going on. But I'll tell you what, man, if you want to be there for your family and you want to make sure you're taking care of yourself and you also want to be productive at work, uh, I don't think there's a better way to do it. Dude, that was so good and so helpful. And I always I always pull a clip out of the podcast to use, you know, like on Instagram. And that's going to be the clip, man. You nailed it. Yeah. And that's again, I mean, that's from Craig. That's his system. But uh, or one of his systems, I should say, yeah, I've done it. You know, I, I did it for a period of years. I made a huge difference, you know, and then you take your own little tweaks on things. Right. And so I actually now I do a daily list rather than the week planned out because so you do that for six months or a year or two. And what you realize is some things don't change. Like I know okay, I'm home for dinner at this time every day. And you know what I mean? OK, I know these days I go to the gym at this time. And that stuff's kind of just in my calendar all the time. So I don't have to necessarily do the full revamp on those things, right? Um, so then it's more of now like, all right, every day, 
what are five things I will get done today? Non-negotiables, no rollover tasks. These are five things. And I know what blocks I have to work, right? I know, okay, from 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. every day, that's like my most important task of the day I'm doing during that time. And then after that, again, I'm going to be working from about 9 to, you know, nine till three and in the middle there I have meetings and stuff. Sometimes they're in the calendar. So I just kind of do my daily list, make sure to get through those things every single day. Uh, but the only reason I, I can do it that way is because I took the time to do it the other way for a while and you kind of figure out, okay, what does this schedule look like? What for a lot of people is just such a shift, such a change to prioritize uh, them, their families themselves. And so, you know, getting a few months or, or even a year of, of racking that in and getting that is just part of what you're doing you know, makes a big difference. Dude, that's genius. And when you were doing your schedule for today, was the Ben Barker fitness podcast, your number one priority? It was on there. It was our day. I'll tell you this, the, the day we scheduled it, I put it in my calendar right away. And so then I knew, okay, like look at it the morning of or the night before. Okay, here we go. Oh, got that podcast at 10. And then you need to make sure I'm there for that. Everything else happens around that, you know? Let's go, dude. Hey, so kind of the silly question, but you know, like the like the trending thing on like social media, it's such a big deal is like the morning routine of a CEO or whatever. Do you have anything, dude, that you have found that has just been super helpful for you like every morning? I know you said like getting a task done from 5.30 to 6.30 is a big one for you. Yeah, I, I've done, this is another thing where I've kind of over time, you kind of find what works for you and do, do things more or less. I used to have more involved, uh, but Basically now, um, number one is, you know, obviously I drink some caffeine and kilos coffee. That's important. Um, but so I, uh, on a serious note, um, I get up a five or four fifty-five. Um, then I, I work from five 30, uh, until around six 30, between six 30 and seven. Some days I go to the gym at six 30. So I wrap it up at six 15 and jam over there some days if I'm not going to the 630 class and I'll work all the way up till seven o'clock when the kids get up and so that that's really important I have gone through stretch of time where I was really good about taking 10 minutes on the headspace app to meditate every single day I haven't been as good about that lately um, but just like anything you kind of pick up some skills and maybe it's not as necessary as a, you know I started doing it because I was uh, breaking out in hives from stress, right? Yeah. I'm taking Benadryl and uh, I'm like, is this really my, or um, this is my life? Like, am I going to be taking, uh, you know, um, like allergy medication every single day because I have hives? Like maybe I should just fix my stress, not be, not be an asshole. And so yeah. um, anyway, so I started meditating 10 minutes a day, just using the Headspace app and just like, huh, funny thing. Don't get hives anymore. Um, and so, and, you know, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, 30 years old and I'm doing this deal. Uh, so actually this week I've been doing that again, taking 10 minutes. Basically, yeah, I come out once I get up. Um, yeah, once I kind of get out of the bedroom, then it's, yeah, I'll, I'll boom, start the coffee, sit down, meditate 10 minutes, pour the coffee, sit down, get to work. And then, yeah, work from 530-ish to yeah, 630 or 7 every day. And I think that's that. Man, Okay morning routines. Uh, this is a whole, this is a whole thing. <laughs> I think that a lot of the stuff people do in morning routines is always valuable. I also think, cause two things could be simultaneously true, right? There's this dichotomy where it's perverse procrastination, right? 
Um, I think that a lot of times people build out these morning routines and it's like, I have to, I'm going to journal for 10 minutes. I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. I got to do my ice bath. Um, you know, then I go out there, I do 75 Russian swings cause you got to get this posterior chain popping right away. I have a little balance beam and foot health is really important. Shout out the foot collective for their dowels. And so I go barefoot on the dowel after that, I got to go outside and get some grounding in because if I'm not getting my toes in the dirt, then I'm probably going to die tomorrow. And so I got to get out there and do that. You got to get some vitamin D exposure. I'm out in the sun, tarps off, barefoot, in the dirt, um, all this. And then after my three-hour morning routine is over, I can go about my day. And <laughs> that all of those things in isolation, I like and I think are good. And they're all positive things. Like I... My, you know, I have, uh, I sit in a sauna once or twice a week for 20 to 60 minutes. I end every single shower on cold for a few, for a full minute, as cold as it can be in the winter. I, uh, when I sit in my, my, my uh, friends, mind their sauna, I jump in their pool, like do little, like, <laughs> like these are good things. I do the, you know, as soon as it's 65 degrees outside, in the spring, I'm outside without a shirt on for at least 10 minutes every single day, building up a base so I don't have to deal with putting sunscreen poison on my skin. And uh, and then I, you know, and I I do if I'm out in the park or I'll take off my shoes and socks and I'll go in my backyard barefoot and pace for and read for 20 minutes, you know, a couple times a week. Like all these things are good things, right? But all of these things also uh if you're doing them and not getting the most important task of the day done are going to cause more stress, right? And you're, you're most creative, you're most creative first thing in the morning. You have the most, you have the least amount of the world beating you down. You, nothing that day has happened that has changed your headspace so far. Nobody cut you off in traffic. Nobody showed up late. Um, Zencaster didn't screw up the recording three or four times, you know, and you know, if you talk, uh, you read about authors too, when they're talking about writing fictional books, it's a really uh, popular thing to do is like get up and before anything, like roll out of bed, start typing while you're still in a quasi dream state. Right. Um, and so that's when you're going to have the most focus, the least amount of distractions, the most productive you will be. And I don't care. I'm not a morning person. You know what? Uh, yes, you are. You are now. Right. Like, yes, you are. Actually, you just haven't done this is why you don't think that you get in the habit of doing this. I bet you'd be surprised. I bet this turns out to be true for you as well, right? The most productive you'll be all day is that that first hour you're awake and waste wasting using that time on those other things is going to be counterproductive. Now there's seasons again, and there's times where, uh, doing those things are good and getting a habit, right? Like I said, I started meditating. I did. It was a priority at that time because I didn't, want to have hives for the rest of my life when I was 30 years old. And so I, okay, 10 to 20 minutes every single day. That was the first thing I did. Then after that, I would get into that block of work. I think it's a good thing. You're going to start to, you got a, got a sauna. You're going to start sauning. Sure. For, for the first couple of weeks, that's what you're doing. You spend 10 to 20, you know, spend 20 minutes in that sauna first thing in the morning, whatever, every day. Sure. Great. But then what you'll find is over time, there's other parts of your life. You can work these things in to where they don't take out the most valuable, most creative, most productive time of your entire day. And so just like some stuff I mentioned, like I end every shower on cold, like you really like doing the cold plunge. You want to do it first thing. Great. Nothing wrong with that. But then it, but if you're going to do that, you probably shouldn't do that. And your journaling, you know, and your meditating 
call first thing in the morning. Okay, cold plunge, great. Maybe move your journaling to the last thing you do before bed if you're going to be journaling or whatever, right? So, you know, doing those things are good, but don't let it uh, don't let it get in the way of a good time. Don't let it get in the way of the the stuff you actually need to be doing. One hundred percent, dude. I think like the nail on the head because when you have that extra hour in the morning that buys you an extra hour in the afternoon to get done earlier. And the, my biggest habit in the morning is one, just, I just want to drink 12 ounces of water before I start drinking coffee. Dude. I, so <laughs> I uh, 12 rookie, yeah. rookie status, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, what I do and not that this is whatever, this is what I do is I get a Mason jar, like the, the big ones, the full size yeah. ones, right? Like the 32 ounce, you know, court. And I fill that with water before I go to bed and I put it on my nightstand. And so my alarm goes off. I turn off my alarm, like sit on the edge of the bed. And before I stand, I grab that and I chug the entire thing. And so I chug an entire mason jar of water and before my feet hit the ground. Right. And then boom, rack it back on the nightstand and you're good to go. And that's just the, the, the routine. And that's exactly it. Then you're starting off every day with, you know, whatever, 12 is great. You know, 12 ounces, 32 ounces of water. Um, and you're then you're and again, it doesn't have to be this big drawn out like, oh, let me do this, get this, sip on this while I whatever. It's like, no, nah, man, find a way where it can just fit in your day and be a part of your routine and be an additive, not a subtractive. Yeah. And well, and then for me, man, the biggest difference maker, like the same thing that you're saying is like I used to get up and during that coffee time, I would like play on my phone. Yeah. Um, and then I remember Alex Hormozzi talking about, you know, like he just starts working when he gets up. And bro, like when I get like one, I typically get two tasks done, like before my kids are awake and I already feel like I've won the day, dude. Well, that dude. And that's when I mentioned that I do like the five list called the power list. All right. Five things. And then at the end of the day, I, I cross my physical in the day. I write a W if I got them all done and an L if I didn't and write in that W man. And then you get a streak of those and it feels good. You're winning the day. And you're stacking these wins and then it's a belief in yourself because I said I was going to do this thing and I did it. And that internal message is so important, right? And then the goal is to go 100 and 0. Can you go 100 and 0? You know, 100 days in a row of doing all five things you said you're going to do? Um, I've done this like nine times and I think I've got 100 and 03 out of the nine. A lot of like 94 and 6, 97 and 3. I'm like, ah, oh, damn yeah. it. It's so close. <laughs> and a lot of times, like the next morning I look and I'm like, oh man, I totally forgot I wrote that down. No. I should check. Uh, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly it though, right? It's like, you get those two things done. You feel like, all right, if nothing else happens, if the day is a total catastrophe, I got the most important things done. I move the bar forward, you know? And I think that's, that's the most important thing. And like you mentioned, like it frees up an hour later. It's like, okay, if I'm going to, we eat dinner early. Again, I mentioned my wife's a nurse. And so with the night she works, she leaves at like 540. And so we just eat every day between five and 515. That way it's like routine, whole family's there. So, you know, I can be, I'm home before five, home before five, right? And like I'm live, it's like a 45 minute commute to the warehouse for that. But I'm home by at five o'clock for dinner every single night, right? And part of the reason why I can do that. And then once I'm home, I'm home. Like I'm not on my phone working. I'm not, I mean, there's like exceptions, whatever. Once a, every couple of weeks, something, if you need to like get something done or pull up the computer, whatever. But you know, nine out of 10 days I'm home, I'm home, done working. 
right? And I can do that because I take that time in the morning and get those most important tasks done. Dude, that's legit. Danny, um, as a father and a husband at the end of every episode, or I, when I'm wrapping it up, I kind of like to ask if you have like three or five tips for like dads who are trying to excel, whether it be like fitness, whether it be something from the morning routine, scheduling in the date with the wife, going for a bike ride with the kids. Do you have anything that you've just found personally that's worked for you, man, that's helped you excel in all of those areas? Every night when we put the kids to bed, uh, we ask, we go do two questions. Right. And I do it too. And I've actually found it's been beneficial, more beneficial for me than the kids, maybe. Uh, but at night, putting the kids to bed, I say, all right, what was your favorite part of the day? And then the second question is, if you could do the whole day over, what would you do different? And it's not, it's not what was your least favorite part. It's not what was a big mistake. Cause you know, if you could do the day over, what would you do different? Maybe it's something that was good that you would have just done a little bit differently and it still would have been good or it could have been better or whatever. Right. So, those two questions, ask both my kids that. I've asked both of them that for the past, you know, whatever, like eight years, seems like. Um, and they're six and ten, so pretty much their whole lives. These are every single night. These are the questions. Favorite part of the day? If you could do the day over, what would you do differently? And sometimes you're surprised. Sometimes their favorite part of the day, you did not see that coming. Had no, had no idea that's what it would be. And it's good for self-reflection. Also, it's good because then they see you being a human also, right? What would I have done different? Actually, you know what? I messed up earlier. I... I got a little more angry than I should have. You know, I kind of kind of jumped on you about that. And honestly, I should have, if I could do it over again, I would have stopped. I would have taken a few deep breaths, like calmed down, had a like more of a conversation about it. Right. And these types of things. And it, I think it's good for them to see you, um, you know, reflecting on your day and, and the different stuff. And also you learn some stuff about them. So that's something that's been great. I love that, dude. That's so good. Um, most importantly, like say we have someone here who, is not familiar, who has never purchased anything from caffeine and kilos. Um, do they get a t-shirt first or do they buy coffee first? Uh, well, you probably just do one of each. Probably get a shirt, probably get a shirt and a bag of coffee. That's probably the, the way to go. Right. So that's a question we get a lot. Like, okay, what are you guys apparel coffee? Like, what do you guys, what do you do? Like, what is the company? And it's, we really are a mix. So, and I'll tell you, it doesn't bother me. Our number one skew, like what we sell more of than anything else is our coffee of the month. So every month it's a different blend and we kind of use them, work them seasonally. So in the summer, they will be lighter roasts in the winter. They're darker roasts around Christmas. It might have like uh, some like chocolatey notes or have more of a piney type, you know, flavor. And so the, that's super fun. And it's just, nothing's added. It's just coffee. It's just the types of beans and the way they're blended and roasted. Um, so that's fun because yeah, every month's a little bit different. It kind of takes you through seasonally and we kind of tell you what, what to expect. So you can kind of pull the different flavor notes out of it. So really good coffee. And that's a lot of fun. Um, and so that's the number one skew, but then overall, I think 65% of our sales are apparel. No right? joke. Sell so a lot of apparel, but then, you know, the coffee and, you know, we have a collagen, um, supplement, which is really good. Um, we actually make a th like thumb tape, which is the best thumb tape on the market. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so th these things are all, you know, stuff that we kind of do. It's just the stuff that are, you know, what do our customers buy? What are they using? And then we have a big thing, which we never want to make a me too product. So for example, like with the collagen, like I've been taking collagen for years. Um, and so people kept recommending it because usually people put in their coffee. That's what I've been doing. And so we got a bunch of samples and one of them that came in was head and shoulders better than the one that I was using. I'm like, well, all right, that's better. We should probably start making this. <laughs> like someone should make yeah. this. Might as well be us. Uh, but if none of them that came back were better than what's out there, wouldn't do it. 
you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how he fell into thumb tape too. It's like, ah, oh, let's get some samples in and see what's up. And uh, we got some and I was like, oh man, this is better than anything else out there. So we should, we should probably make it, right? We should probably manufacture this. Uh, so that's how we get into a lot of that type of stuff. Too cool, dude. Um, for those of you listening, like I, uh, I love coffee. Um, I grind my coffee every morning. I weigh it out. I make a pour over for myself. I make one for my wife every single day. And, uh, I was so pumped. I, I've heard about y'all for years. You know, having been involved in CrossFit, um, you did not lie, dude. The PR pie was, oh, yeah. was so good, dude. Yeah. So good. And one of my favorite quotes is if you're using a Keurig to make your coffee, what other types of shortcuts are you taking in life that will give you subpar results? Um, <laughs> guys listen buy buy some good coffee grind it yourself and invest in like a v60 or a chemex or some type of drip to make like good coffee yeah dude uh or you know we have uh we actually gave away these french presses little uh single cup french presses that's great too man go get a little go get a little french press something like that and a french press is like the best like way to get your foot in the door y'all if you're wanting to make good coffee Simple, easy. easy hard to mess up yeah um also last thing i gotta tell you dude when uh i got the shirts like the tone on tone shirts that y'all made uh-huh and my wife likes wearing baggy shirts and oh, yeah. her first words that came out of her mouth was i love my new shirts yeah that's, that's <laughs> actually my partner dean business partner in the gym he's same thing he's like oh yeah i took one of every color home and they're all on my wife's side of the closet now <laughs> and then he, fo- he followed that up with the the truest the truest words ever spoken that again if staying married is goal number one he said but uh she does all the laundry and so i'm not saying shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> like wherever wherever she puts it out of the dryer is where it goes i'm not complaining about like you know because yeah. that'd be the that'd be the right oh well you know you could do the laundry if you want to put it you know. <laughs> hey danny for those that want to connect with you after the show man where's the best place to find you uh you know what uh obviously check out caffeine and kilos but my personal stuff uh is danny underscore lear l-e-h-r uh on instagram and uh anyway go check that out because i'm actually in the pro i got some things going on i'm in the process uh i actually uh, a couple years ago i was writing a weekly email uh that was good um got a really great feedback on it and then i kind of some other things came up priorities changed but I'm, I'm back on that i'm back on the the weekly email it's called danny lear unfiltered because it's my well, real quick backstory on that is uh, I uh, I like to be able to kind of say what I want to say sometimes and things, you know, cancel culture and just being PC and all that type of stuff. Um, also, I am on the board of trustees at the church I go to. And so, uh, you know, so publicly, some things I, I could say publicly, you got to kind of watch a little bit. So I thought, you know what, I'll just make an email list and then it's a any people have to sign up for it and it's private correspondence and then I can actually say what I want and not worry about what words I use or the way I phrase things because you're signing up knowing you're going into this thing. It's called unfiltered. And so if I, uh, if I make a, a dick joke or something, at least we're all in the same, at least, at least we all know what we're there for. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> so, people uh, sign up for that on your Instagram. Yeah. So if you go through my Instagram, you'll be on the link in bio. You can sign up for that. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm actually, um, in March, I'm going to be launching a book. So, um, it's great to, so I'm kind of getting these emails up and rolling again, um, to kind of get in the habit of writing and, and doing all that. And it's, a it's going to be a lot of fun. Heck yeah, dude. Well, I will go sign up for that as soon as we get off of here. 
And bro, I, I appreciate your time. This was great, man. You provided a lot of value. I appreciate you, dude. Ben, can we do it again? Because I want you to talk more. I want to hear more from you. Anytime, dude. We'll make it happen, man. We'll get it on the books. Awesome, dude. All right. Later, buddy. Thanks.